Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. It's good to have each of you with us. This month, the month of September, we're focusing upon the art of communication. Communication is a key to all relationships, whether we talk about the home, our fellowship, or our relationship with God. God communicates with us. We must communicate with him. And so we're walking through a series of lessons that deal with different aspects of communication. We began this last week, and we started talking about how God communicates with us, the power of word. God chose words to express his will. He didn't send pictures. He didn't just put a thought in our brain, but he communicated with words, words that have definite meanings, words that can be memorized, words that can be copied, words that can be translated. And so that that's valuable for us to kind of understand that. When we look in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, there's a couple things that stand out that really kind of fit in with this. Uh, we find in the first chapter, in verse 3, Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of the prophecy, and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Blessed is the reader, blessed is the listener. That's communication. And then within that same chapter, he would say in verse 11, write in the book what you see and send it to the seven churches. And then he lists the seven churches of Asia. This is something that God was sharing or communicating with his people. So today in our second lesson, we want to kind of open it up and talk about communicating within the church. And again, that's that's a valuable aspect of our relationship with one another. It's really what our, our fellowship is built upon. And it, it really introduces for us the very fact that we need each other and how we can help one another in this aspect. So in the book of John in chapter 10, uh, just, just as a kind of introductory passage in this idea, we find Jesus being described as the good shepherd. And it says in verse 3 of John 10, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow them because they know his voice. And so right there is communicating. Now in this passage, it's about Jesus being a shepherd and his disciples. But we look over that and we think about this idea of communicating within the church. Uh, sometimes we'll hear people say, well, I don't know what's going on, or I didn't know this was going on, or I didn't know this person had this need. And, and so there's a great importance of having fellowship and communication within the church because that's where we become a family, and that's how we help one another in this aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the foundational images that God gives us of the church is of a body, right? And here, as I'm talking into this microphone, I'm moving my hands. Uh, I, I, I have a tough time putting words together if I don't have my hands uh, able to be moved. That's just what I do as as I'm talking. But there's a reason, obviously, that my hands are moving. The, the head that they are connected to is communicating with them to move, right? And, and 
such a fundamental word picture, but one that is used throughout the Bible to describe Jesus as the one and only head of his church, but that we are individually members of his body and each member of that body is needed. That even translates over into Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, where the writer almost poetically describes at times us having drooping hands and weak knees that need to be supported and picked up, right? And the only way at times we're going to know that that sort of help is needed is if we communicate. Not one of us is a mind reader. And so that speaks to not just the power, but the necessity of words within the church. Yeah, and and I think a a classic example comes from Acts chapter 6, where there was a problem, it was communicated, a plan was was formulated, and it was implemented. So here in Acts 6, just reading the first few verses, now at that time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Then the beginning part of verse 5, this statement found approval with the whole congregation. There was a problem, and it was communicated. The apostles looked into it, and a plan was communicated to the church, and the plan found approval. And and running through all these verses is the idea of transparency and communication. Uh, The the apostles were kept out of this. The church was not kept out of this. There was open communication, and everyone understood that very easily. I think another classic example of this is found in the book of Philippians in chapter 2. As Paul here is writing about the need to help one another, he would say in verse 25, I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphrodites, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who's also your messenger and ministry minister to my need, because he was longing for you all, and he was distressed because you all heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have to sorrow upon sorrow. Here was somebody who was sick, and Paul let the church know about it, and obviously they had been praying about him, and God answered their prayers. And so that, that again, helps us to understand this idea of communication within the church, how valuable it is and how helpful it is for us. Yeah, you know, there are a variety of practical things that come to mind here. Maybe we can talk about some ways of communicating that we have that even in the days of Paul and Epaphroditus, of course, were far, far, far off in the future. We do understand that there are some people who are very, very, very private, right? Uh, uh, you, you edit a bulletin long enough that gets handed out on Sunday mornings, and you learn that some people very much want others to know what's going on, especially as far as health challenges in their lives. Others are are very, very, very private, and I don't think necessarily we're dealing with a right and a wrong, but it is important for us to remember Okay, if I don't 
share it, if I don't let anyone in the know of what I'm going through, if I don't tap into the power of words, there is a certain level of comfort and encouragement and care that maybe I'm shutting myself off from by not exercising that transparency, Roger, that you were talking about. Absolutely. And and when you get to that judgment scene in Matthew 25, and Jesus would say in verse 41, he would say to those on his left, depart from me, you accursed one, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. Stranger did not invite me in. Naked, and we did not. you did not clothe me. Sick in prison, you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, and sick, or in prison, did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. The response to what the Lord said was not, well, we didn't know about it. You see, they knew about it, but they didn't do anything about it. And so, so again, that's the value of communication within a church. There are so many needs that can be taken care of, whether it's physical needs, somebody needs to drive to the service, to the church building, someone needs a ride to go to the doctor, someone needs some leaves raked or the yard mowed or something. Those physical needs are, are one aspect of that. The Apostle Paul let the Philippian church knew that, know that he was in need of financial help, and they helped him when no one else did. But more than that, it's the spiritual, it's the encouragement, it's the prayers. They're so essential. And for someone to, to be in a congregation and to feel like, well, no one knows about me, no one cares about me, no. And, and part of that is just having that openness, that transparency in the act of communicating to one another. Yeah, I think we've got to get over the very human tendency, perhaps, to think that if I let my guard down and let someone know what's really going on in my life, that's a sign of weakness. They're uh, they're going to think less of me when, in fact, that is a sign of some of that meekness that you and I, Roger, were talking about last month with the Beatitudes, right? Meekness. Honest transparency, especially when we're vulnerable, when we're in need, that's not a sign of weakness. In many ways, that's a sign of strength and an awareness that there are things bigger than me that I need brothers and sisters to help me with. If nothing else, giving them an insight, a clear window into how they can be praying for me, because prayer also is a manifestation of the power of words spoken to God, in this case, on behalf of someone else. Yeah. And, you know, those words are powerful and, and, they can mean so much. And so maybe you're not in a position where you can actually go do something for somebody. But just to say, well, before tonight's over, I'm going to say your name to heaven. Boy, that's encouraging. And, and that's helpful. And heaven listens. 
and things can happen. And that's a powerful, powerful tool that we need to remind ourselves of that we can do that. So Jason, to, to talk about this congregation, what are some of the ways that we let people know what's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, we have talked a lot here in recent episodes in a variety of ways about the the power of some of the modern technological tools that we have. Of course, I mean, there would be nothing inherently wrong with having a phone book, white pages. Now, uh, there is no doubt in my mind a significant section of our audience audience has no idea what white pages even are, but there would be nothing wrong with having a big volume of the white pages. And every time there was something that, you know, some need that needed to be communicated throughout the church family, maybe before we're all going to be together in the same place again, you know, we could pick that up and just one by one by one, make those phone calls. Roger, it's hard for me to imagine that sort of thing in a a church family of just about any size. Whereas, of course, we've got all sorts of tools with the power to instantly and very, very cheaply, almost at times for free, communicate in mass ways. Of course, you think of email, you think of texting, you you, you think of uh, different messaging systems that you can use for uh, churches or organizations. I mean, it's never been easier to communicate loud and clear to a broad audience. Now, <laughs> With that, of course, comes the awareness that we need to be careful what we say. I mean, this has to do, of course, with communications to the church. This trickles all the way down to our individual use of something like social media, right? James John, Paul, all of these New Testament writers in their own ways warn us about the power of the tongue, but they also consistently warn us about being careful how we use our mouths. I I think of Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul says we've got to put away falsehood and speak truth with our neighbors. We've got to be angry and not sin. We can't let corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. We've got to set aside bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. We've got to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. So we know there is tremendous power in words. And in this day and age, never before have people had huge megaphones at their disposal. But just because I have it doesn't mean everything I say into it is good or right or encouraging or will build up. It certainly reminds us that with great tools comes great responsibility. So hypothetically, okay, what what are you talking about? 
All so right. What would be some examples? Well, I, oh, okay. So I I go down here to the grocery store. We've got a grocery store just a couple of blocks away from where you and I are sitting right now. Let's say that I go down there on my lunch break and I just have a nightmare experience with a cashier. I'm I, I'm already pressed for time and she is uh, slow in, in getting the, the several people people in front of me through the line and then she botches somebody's credit card and I'm sitting there and I've got things to do and places to go and and then she's rude to me and so I come back to the uh, to the office and I just open up on social media and rip this cashier up one side and down the other and I've I've got this huge microphone to express all sorts of frustration and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who read that and maybe it made me feel really good in the moment and then she comes in on Sunday morning to this church building and she has seen what I shared and the way that I shared it. And then she sees me get up and preach about the kindness and compassion of Jesus. Boy, have I shot myself in the foot and painted a an inaccurate picture of the way that a Christian ought to live in the world. That yeah. happens all the time in 2023. Yeah, it's not very light shining. It's nope. not very spraying the salt. I think other, I think another situation comes up when sometimes uh, because of friendship or something, we may know more details about someone's surgery or their okay. hospital stay. Yeah. And we've got to be delicate about what we express. You know, this sister over here, she had a hip replacement, but they had to bring in three units of blood and they had to do this. And some of that stuff, uh, a lot of people just would not like to have known. Say they had their hip replacement. She's recovering at this hospital. She loved cards. She loved prayers. That's good. Yeah. But a lot of the details and and you know uh, sometimes we just we just our curiosity takes us there. And we want to go there, but so again, uh, discretion and and what's best is is just to keep some of that quiet as we consider that. But the, you know the other stream is not to say anything, and and maybe she told me that she's having surgery, and I didn't share it with anyone else, and she wonders why why didn't anybody ever pray for me? Why didn't anybody ever you know care for me? And it could be just my lack of being transparent and communicating with the church. And so so those are the aspects we look at. We love good news flying through the church. We love hearing about babies born. We love about baptisms. Those are things that should be shared often, and they encourage us. They build us up. They make us realize there's a lot of good things going on. We like to hear the success of some of our brethren. We like to hear that here's here's somebody that— had a conversation with somebody and they're bringing that friend to church. We like to hear somebody talk about, you know, there's a family member and through a conversation, through a Bible study, that person was baptized. Maybe they live far away, but that was done because of them. Great news needs to be shared. And 
And again, that's the core of the gospel is good news. We share good news. And so this aspect of communicating with the church is important as we try to be close with one another and work together as God wants us to. Yeah, I would maybe just piggyback off of that one more thing uh, here at the end of our episode. If our assemblies, if who we are is to be all about good news, we need to be mindful of that and communicate that as people visit our assemblies, right? That is a very biblical thing. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, encourages them in a variety of ways to be mindful of what to do when an outsider comes in among you. And so if we want to help them become a part of the church of Jesus Christ, if we want to help them come to be reconciled to God, even the way that we communicate as they come in. Are are we just busy talking to each other, or do we take the time to greet them and welcome them and tell them we're glad that they're here and and see if they have any questions as they come into a big auditorium and they're looking for somewhere to sit at at times, maybe they sit where I customarily sit, and I'm going to have the opportunity either to speak words of welcome and encouragement or words that make them very, very, very uncomfortable. That's not a time for selfishness. That's not a time for foolish anger, right? From beginning to end, we need to be mindful, not just with our brethren, but with those who are seeking the power of our words. And so communicating within the church, that's a valuable aspect. It's it's helpful. It's encouraging. It's the way that we can kind of connect and become the fingers and the hands of God as we're supposed to. Well, next week, as we continue on our series, we're going to be talking about communicating through disagreements. Uh, having disagreements is easy, but how you communicate and say what needs to be said in the biblical way, that's often difficult. And so we'll try to tackle that next week. We're so thankful you could be with us this week. And again, let's remind ourselves as you walk with Jesus, you're his disciple and we're heaven bound. Yeah, Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. As Roger mentioned, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and that means the best is yet to come. <music>